There are some things in this world and on our internet that are sometimes too big to really fully understand. We just get a little piece or we just search for exactly what we want. Wikipedia is one of those worlds. Take English Wikipedia, for example. 5,242,000 articles and growing, uh, and not to mention the other 290 versions of it. You've got like 260,000 plus active users, 62 million registered users. All these numbers, my feeling is after a while you don't really, you can't maybe process what it means and, and how big that can be. Enter the data visualization people. And maybe you've noticed them as you scroll down your feed in whatever social media you use. The people that take information that's out there in these huge places like Wikipedia and put them somewhere new or show you that information in an exciting and provocative way. Today on the program, it's data visualizations with help from two guests, Mahmoud Hashemi and Owen Kornick, both of which have done something remarkable with the information you find on Wikipedia in ways you may have never expected. From Wikimedia Deutschland, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and this is Source Code Berlin. My name is Mahmoud Hashemi. I make free software, and I am half of Hatnotes, creators of such sites as Listen to Wikipedia, RC Map, uh, Weeklypedia, and uh, Top Hat. I realized. As much as I might like a specific project of yours, they're all, mm -hmm. they all seem to connect in some way. So what I'd rather do maybe is go to a sort of beginning. I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking 2012. Uh, okay. You attend the hackathon. Uh, mm -hmm. was it, it was about Wikipedia. I'm curious at that time, you've written a little bit about it, but what were you, what were you seeing and, and what did that lead to in terms of your thinking and your observations on, on what to do? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, going way back to 2012, uh, I guess it's been a little over four years. And um, what happened was my roommate had moved out. And so I was looking for ways to be a little bit more social and outgoing. And uh, I had this friend who was interning at Wikipedia or Wikimedia, uh, the Wikimedia Foundation located in San Francisco. And uh, he said, uh, you know, we're having this hackathon. I was like, well, you know, it is Silicon Valley. <laughs> Everyone has hackathons. You kind of take it for granted as part of the culture, not necessarily something that I would do very frequently, but, uh, you know, the, you just take them for granted. <laughs> yeah, so everyone gets started on all these different projects, and we decide to try to fix uh, categories. And I'm pretty sure that someone from Wikimedia Germany, in fact, uh, told me that I was insane, and he was right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, one thing we ended up working on instead was uh, the uh, kind of quality visualization for uh, Wikipedia articles. And for that, I had partnered up with my friend Stephen Laporte, and uh, little did we know we were off to a running start to start Hatnote. I like to think that we focus on, like, the sort of uh, middle-class internet user, mm -hmm. uh, the middle class of internet denizens. 
uh, the sort of people who would you who like I guess uh, would have used Google Reader and that sort of stuff had they uh, it still existed today. You know, fans of RSS and that sort of thing. But so for this, I like the term middle class of internet user. Um, right. You're at that time. You're thinking, yeah, we want to communicate with them and we and we want to engage with them. And and did you have a specific type of already like application or 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 tool in mind? Um, it was mostly that Stephen. I mean, he's a lawyer uh, at the foundation, and he, but you know that means that he has all of this spare energy uh, left on the weekends for programming. <laughs> uh, whereas I'm like a full time programmer at PayPal currently, and uh, so and I lead a Python team there. And he didn't know Python or JavaScript really, and basically he wanted to learn more. And I knew those things, and so. Uh, it just began as me sort of tutoring him in that stuff. It began as me tutoring a couple people in that stuff, but they went on to do uh, much more profitable things, whereas we sort of felt that uh, it was a good use of our uh, time and energies to try to build um, new perspectives on wiki life. Hmm. And, and what follows uh, with Hatnote, uh, or under the name, the umbrella, let's say, of Hatnote, mm-hmm. is the sort of yeah. greatest hits of of applications and, and tools. I, I'd like to go through them a little bit with you. Uh, sure. I don't know if I have the order exactly right. I know that the top 100 is uh, at least listed uh, mm-hmm. as one of the first ones. Can we talk a little bit about the Wikipedia top 100? Yeah, so actually the list I sent you is in reverse uh, chronological mm. order. So that is the most recent thing that has gone fully public. Uh, basically, Wiki, you know, Wikimedia recently uh, made traffic statistics available, uh, and we just wanted a uh, really simple, easy way that you could have an RSS feed that would update when that traffic data was posted on a daily basis, and you would be able to see uh, on a nice, simple website um, what were the top 100 visited sites on Wikipedia in any given language. Hmm. So. Uh, and technologically, I'm not sure how technologically inclined your audience are, but it's, it is a fairly straightforward uh, static site generator. Um, it just has to be kind of robust uh, to um, some unreliability in kind of a fledgling, like, you know, traffic counting system that has uh, emerged. So, uh, you know, it's it's a service. We, we get um, all of these projects. I think that there are a dozen overall, like pretty much all of them are in production in some way or another. And uh, that means that we just have to uh, support them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we wanted to show that it is possible to be more involved with, uh, it's within the Valley, I guess, because uh, I don't see very many people in the Valley doing this, but like it is possible to be involved with Wikimedia technologically uh, without going just all in. You know, so it's it's possible to become more involved than st- simply giving a donation, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, you can have all, all the money in the world and you don't necessarily have a good website. You know, I don't know what banks, I don't know what kind of banks your uh, <laughs> audience banks with. But here in the U.S., uh, like Bank of America is notorious for its bad website. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the most recent stat I heard was they had like 30,000 engineers 30,000 software engineers and we all know that's not how good software gets made 
we want to attract just specific, like small, like groups of engineers to give some of their time, a few hours a week, to develop something that uh, you know suits the niche needs of a librarian somewhere,、hmm. right? I think that that's really how a lot of、uh, high quality stuff on Wikipedia happens, and、uh, the reward curve is very different. Than、uh, other kinds of development, and we just want to make sure that people know that it is a respectable, viable thing to do.、Hmm. Um, some people, I, I figure,、mm-hmm. half of the people listening may be familiar with the.、Um, I don't even know what officially you call it, but it's the if then if、uh, if this then that uh, uh, tool on the internet that、mm-hmm. allows you to combine basically a lot of people's the services slash apps that they use. So.、Uh, If、uh, a new article on this, then、uh, a tweet goes there, and and connecting、mm-hmm. these things,、um, mm-hmm. and this、uh, is one of the options that you've you've been working on the idea of combining if this if this then that with Wikipedia, and I'm kind of curious about the the initial why and and how that's gone, how even how easy it's been or hard it's been. Uh yeah the I think one of the major challenges with the uh ift channel uh if this and that is uh like sort of reliability of the deployment environment it it is one of our highest traffic services、hmm. uh it's getting millions of hits a day from uh like you know thousands tens of thousands of recipes that people have um active uh you know if this and that is uh unfortunately sort of a a closed Platform within itself, but it connects all of these other closed platforms, so it has the semblance of openness, and it takes the place of all of these API integrations that、uh, sites shut down. Like Facebook no longer integrates with YouTube, and Twitter no longer integrates with Instagram, that sort of thing. So、uh, you know, like there are all these、uh, big internet sites there, and we, you know, like we felt it had gone on too long that Wikipedia didn't also have a presence,、hmm. being one of the largest, most important websites in the world.、Uh, it should also have a seat at that table,、um, because basically that is, I think that exactly that's exactly where the internet middle class kind of lives.、Hmm. You know,、uh, they are not necessarily pro- internet professionals. They are not professionals in the field necessarily, right? But they do have. Kind of a connected life through the internet, and I think that for basically every single one of them, you ask any of them, right? Wikipedia is going to play a large role there,、mm-hmm. and、uh, so we have to go where they are. And and some examples of of what people right now even could do with the if then then that channel.、Uh, that, it's multiple at this、sure. point that you've set up. Oh yeah, so、uh, one of the favorite ones is basically like. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can set your Android phone、uh, background to rotate to like the Wikipedia picture of the day. <laughs> I think that that's a pretty common one.、Um, but、uh, yeah, I my my favorite class of those is basically you can go in and say if any article within such and such category changes. Um, non-recursively, of course.、Uh, if any,、uh, this is going back to the category issues back in 2012.、Mm-hmm. But if anything、uh, changes within this category, then you can have it send an email or post a tweet. And、uh, so Stephen was a fan of、uh, like you know changes within or articles added to,、um, I believe, like alien sightings, <laughs> extraterrestrial sightings. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. And、uh, for fans of politics out there who don't want to get too involved, you can also,、uh, for instance, subscribe to like you know
uh, like if you can somehow completely disconnect, except through Wikipedia and Ift, you can find out when the president changes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, mm-hmm. now, further down the list, and, and I, I don't want to overlook it, but I'm excited to get to uh, the next, well, the, the coming up. But first, mm-hmm. there's the Wikipedia social search, which I, I come to believe that maybe this show needs. Uh, uh, but that's related mm-hmm. to wikipedia and discussions about wikipedia and and how to find them so yeah uh one thing uh that i think a lot of people overlook is that uh so wikipedia is like itself every wiki is itself kind of like a microcosm an idealized utopic version of the internet itself anyone who's on the site can easily make a page much easier than writing html right mm-hmm. uh they ha- and they have a personal page right and they have forums you know it has every single like thing basically taken care of um however uh you know that it's it's kind of like a slightly outdated version of the internet mm-hmm. um and uh basically modern uh behavior on the internet for you know the the young ones these days it's always going to involve hashtags and mentions and other forms of uh, kind of social uh, interaction. Mm. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's something that's not built into MediaWiki quite yet. Uh, And so we wanted to prototype it from the outside. Uh, In particular, uh, we, you know, it's always good to start with a niche, someone who will appreciate your work immediately. Uh, And so we went after the people who are organizing Mm edit-a-thons. This is uh, in-person uh, like groups that meet and sort of, uh, you know, just uh, kind of encourage each other and help each other uh, to learn how to edit Wikipedia and add um, useful things. It's it's quite popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot more edit-a-thons than hackathons uh, around here, and often they are topic-specific. So, um, you know, women on Wikipedia and that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, so basically, this is a site where as long as those people hashtag their edits in the comment field, then we will accumulate them in one place and people can uh, kind of go back, especially organizers can go back and say, look, here is a substantial subset of what we did on that day or on that weekend and uh, mm-hmm. present those sorts of success stories, which I think the groups as a whole, just for themselves, need to be able to reflect on and feel good about. You know, it's not, but it also gives a place where if people want to cover it in a journalistic capacity, then they can, they can say like with certainty that it's this right from a third party tool, you know, not just like all from a single source. People have to imagine you come to this page and there's little and sometimes larger circles, right? And there's different colors and, of course, these sounds. And I'll, I'm even going to use this, uh, I'll check on permissions and stuff, but as background sound, uh, maybe between segments, um, this is Listen to Wikipedia. And uh, how did this happen? And, and, and I really, I ask that not only because it's very beautiful, but also because 
it it it's not as uh you know to fix this problem or it's not as directly obvious to me uh as maybe some of the other applications still with me mm-hmm. oh good sometimes oh, yeah. it sounds can- i mean I, go ahead right i was i was starting to drift off <laughs> you know it was just so so calming <laughs> it is mm-hmm. so how did that happen so i mean yeah basically i think it was uh easter or something like that <laughs> in 2013 uh and uh you know uh steven had just seen uh listen to bitcoin and uh we were like well this is this is sort of interesting but i think that it would probably be more interesting uh with wikipedia so uh everything's a remix we didn't completely originate the idea uh but uh we did do pretty significant reinterpretation completely new visualization on it um you know we added more dimensions uh because editing uh wikipedia is a lot more complex than exchanging tiny bits of coins mm-hmm. And, uh, then, uh, yeah, so basically, um, it all, I think happened within that one actually took some of the least amount of time to program. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was something like, uh, so basically before that there was a recent changes map Mm -hmm. and that one shows, it just sort of geolocates where anonymous edits are coming from, uh, on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not necessarily, it's not like some sort of, uh, it's basically just to a city or country level, hmm? uh, so you can see some pretty interesting sort of juxtapositions where, like, some there's some NASCAR fan who uh, is in India, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's like you know some Dosa fan who is in Texas, you know, yeah. uh, and so you get those interesting juxtapositions, and uh, so yeah, that <laughs> that uh, thing didn't have any any sound, but it took about. I want to say like 30 or 40 hours uh, to, to program, which is, which is really not that long. Mm. Uh, Cause we were work at that point we were working almost every single weekend. So there's just a couple of weekends and uh, then listen to Wikipedia uses the same data feed, except that it uh, uses Howler JS to make some sounds and D3 JS to make some circles. And um, you know, it took a lot of tweaking. It took a few months uh, of tweaking to get exactly the right thing because it, it's like when you're trying to make something simple every tiny detail counts mm-hmm. and so uh, I remember one weekend I think I spent the whole weekend like getting the the perfect compression for the uh, <laughs> the mp3s or mm. whatever and, and augs as well uh, <laughs> in order to uh, like have it be very responsive and uh, it worked basically yeah and, uh, and and yet, yeah. you have these the corresponding sounds depending on mm-hmm. what the activity is on, on Wikipedia, uh, an, an edit, uh, a new right. article. But it's amazingly musical. <laughs> yeah, so we we got lucky. Okay, uh, I'll be I'll be frank with you, right? Like when we started that, we didn't really know what the uh, editing speeds of Wikipedia were. Um, <laughs> And so we had to sort of tune it in, uh, you know, like only the main namespace and that sort of thing. But uh, from my DJing days, I can tell you, like, you know, for something to feel musical uh, and it's not going to have a beat, 
then uh, you still want to have it be about 60 to 120 uh, like edits per uh, edits per minute or beats per minute. Mm. And uh, it's not really a beat though. And because without a beat, it can sound pretty unharmonious. You have to put it in a key that will sound harmonious all the time. So every note sounds good next to the next note. Mm. And uh, for that, there's a pentatonic uh, scale. So we chose pentatonic uh, to make it sound harmonious. And then we just, um, you know, bells are additions. Mm. And uh, we made uh, strings subtractions. And that's pretty arbitrary, but it seemed to work. Like, uh, you know, subtraction is like you're plucking, you're plucking some content away from the page. So a string makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, with a bell, you're ringing in the new content. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, yeah. And I, so I love the, then there's a str right, go ahead, the go string ahead. swell. Yeah, that's Everyone the best. loves the string swells. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, whenever a new user uh, joins, we, you know, sort of uh, give them an appropriate, like, swell welcome. Swelcome. <laughs> And and it, I've read uh, two million users, and I also wondered, uh, is that correspond directly with? What, what, do you, mm -hmm. what do you mean when you say twelve twelve million users? People that are on the site? So, yeah, people. Those are those are uniques who visited ah, the site okay. uh, in the last uh, in the last couple of years. Um, I think that's across all sites actually. <laughs> but yeah, we used to be more analytics focused, uh, and then we realized that the key to success is not numbers. Ah. It's like quality not quantity so uh but like as far as quantity goes i think that we've had our we, we've <laughs> we've reached higher heights than we ever expected yeah at one point we were like on the reddit front page and uh just for any uh you know technology people out there um surprisingly right uh you know this has a very simple architecture like i said like i was saying before and we we were talking about like oh should we go to the cloud with load balancers etc cetera, etc cetera. uh that's just a single big vps hatnote is just one sizable machine uh and in fact listen to wikipedia uh is just one process per language and um yeah so that was something that uh, really floored me, but I, I ran my tests. I'm like, I think that this will have the capacity. And sure enough, even on Reddit front page, Hacker News front page, whatever, uh, this real-time streaming thing was able to be responsive, uh, you know, for thousands of users at a time. When you look at the big picture, when you put all the tools together, um, mm -hmm. and, and as you said, rightfully so, and with great projects, you didn't know back in 2012 what it was going to be or how which mm -hmm. apps you're going to go to but um what do you see now well when i look at the body of work mm -hmm. uh i i see i'm i'm sort of like i'm sort of odd that we have like spent so much time on it and so forth and then at the same time it's a very satisfied feeling that like all of these things are still working and people are still using them uh, and that there's real demand for it because it was kind of speculative on our part. Uh, and that, uh, you know, there are great people in the community like yourself who, uh, you know, seem to appreciate them. And there are always new people coming to the community that when they see something like this, they're like, oh, this is a real thing, you know. Uh, this is, like, cool, and Wikipedia can be cool, and they will, like, be more involved. 
um, yeah, it's it's a very fulfilling feeling actually, uh, and it's it's also been very great that uh, you know I've had Stephen and other uh, you know members of Hat Note uh, to work with, so like UV and Mark Williams and so forth. Mm. So uh, it's it's been very very nice, Mahmoud. It's really cool to to get to talk to you and get to hear about uh, what you've been working on over these years and how you see it. Um, I want to say thanks so much for what you do and thanks for sharing mm -hmm. with us today. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure's been all mine. Uh, I would mm -hmm. also say, so for anyone who wants to keep up uh, with your projects and, and communicate with you guys at Hat Note, and who knows, mm -hmm. right? Even get involved, as we know that happens in our communities. Uh, by all yeah. means, um, sh you know, I'll, I'll have links on the within the show notes for people who like text. But go ahead and, mm -hmm. and tell people where they can uh, find you. Yeah, sure. So uh, we are on uh, our own site. First of all, is hatnote.com. So it's hat like on your head, mm -hmm. note like the thing you would write. dot com. H a t n o t e. dot com. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're also on GitHub. All of our stuff is open source, <clears throat> either uh, BSD, GPL, or Creative Commons. Uh, and uh, that's at github.com forward slash hatnote. Um, and uh, we're also on Twitter. That's the most recent thing. Uh, hat notable. <laughs> uh, hat note was taken. So uh, hat notable. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. If you uh, want to use the music for Listen to Wikipedia or something like that, we get a lot of contacts like requesting that sort of thing. You are free to. It's all Creative Commons. Okay. Um, and yeah. So please reach out. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah, actually, the music, I've got about six to seven minutes recorded, uh, and mm -hmm. it's going to become my new favorite uh, in-between segments or sometimes background music uh, for this Oh, absolutely. Show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And thank you. Mahmoud Hashemi makes free software, and he's one half of Hatnote. From a project that involves both sound and sight, moving now to a project that is very much about visualizations, and visualizations in a huge and wondrous way. Uh, imagine the galaxy, the stars, the planets. Well, someone thought of an idea, my next guest in fact, to put together these things, the universe, the galaxy, and... What about Wikipedia articles and how they make up a galaxy of their own? In the second part of the program, we're talking with Owen Kornick, and we're talking about the Wikiverse. I'm Owen Kornick, and I make giant data visualizations. So, Owen, did you always want to make giant data visualizations? I'm curious, when you set on, on the path to tell stories with data? Hmm. Well, it really started with the Wikipedia project. Uh, I just had it in my mind, I had this sort of like vision of flying through Wikipedia and like having this whole universe of articles pretty much. And that idea was with me for quite a while actually. I wanted to make it uh, while I was studying. I was studying my master's back in France. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they weren't quite teaching us uh, futuristic tools, I suppose. It was more about learning how to maintain old systems rather than creating something new. Mm -hmm. So uh, instead of waiting for, you know, life to 
passed by. I just started working on the project while I was in school. And I developed a lot of interesting uh, tools. Um, I couldn't find anything that could really like make my vision come true. So I decided to create my own stuff pretty much. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I found out that that was actually quite a useful skill that it could be applied to any kind of data, not just Wikipedia. And that's how I decided that this would be my job. Were you looking at Wikipedia and saying this needs something? This needs as a sort of response to what you wished? I made it because I wanted to use something like this. I, it's, Everything I make is something I would want to use myself, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted it to come true. And I sort of said uh, on my side, I have a little like bio and stuff. And I sort of mentioned uh, this, um, that it's not really supposed to replace Wikipedia. It's just supposed to be an added layer on top that sort of promotes curiosity and exploration and pushes people not just to like look at one page and one piece of content, but see the network as a whole. And so, you know, that's just what I wanted to make. Um, and the reaction, uh, can you talk a little bit about what kind of reaction you've gotten? And I'm also curious, like, what reaction you would have hoped for compared to what you got? A lot of people thought it was an interesting idea. I would talk to it about my friends and stuff, but I would just have, I would just make it in this sort of vacuum. Like, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't talk about it that much to some other people. And when I put it online... Well, the initial, the first version, which came out, I think, October 2014, uh, yeah, it just went sort of viral and like, you know, the media started talking about it. And I knew the idea would be like very interesting because it's sort of easy to explain, but you still have to see it to like really, really get it, I yeah. suppose. And so the, the reaction was way, way, way more than anything I could have ever imagined. And with each successive version, uh, the Wikiverse is like the third version. Further iteration on the idea, uh, things have just gotten like even bigger and bigger and bigger, pretty much. So with the Wikiverse, which came out um, in early August, um, yeah, the reaction has been crazy. So yeah, how would you describe it? Because that's always the challenge of doing an audio podcast, yeah, and discussing something that is visual. Uh, so what I wanted to do is like I wanted to create it to create a map of Wikipedia mm -hmm. to sort of like find a way to put to put some order to the chaos of it pretty much because it's like this giant hairball of like five million articles and like millions and millions and millions of links and like it's just um it's just kind of overwhelming you know like it's i mean if you're just in one article it's fine but like you can't really imagine what's behind it all like this, this colossal network and so what i wanted to do is i wanted to create a graph so it's pretty much just a system where you have nodes and links so in this case oh you have articles which are just little stars yeah. and and if you have i don't know george washington and the united states you would have two stars and if there's a link in the page then you would see an actual link go from one star to the other yeah. so sort of like a star map pretty much and what was very interesting was when i started mapping out the whole thing uh, i'm using um the, the goal is to lay out the graph and you have this giant hairball of links and articles. And what is, what you have, you have to put it through a sort of like physics simulation where everything is like pulled and tugged at each other, similar to, um, just like mo molecular simulations. Um, and so you get these sort of like shapes, the um, articles like that are more linked together. 
sort of like are clustered together. They're sort of like tightly knit and they're more spread apart. And you get to see these sort of like structures that look almost natural. And when I first saw that, I just thought, yeah, it's, it just looks like a universe. It looks like a galaxy. It looks like, um, gravity took hold rather than just a basic simulation. In, in doing this project in particular, but I'm sure we can, we'll talk about others. Um, how often do you run into like barriers, uh, like major obstacles? Uh, how mm. easy is it to use that? I mean, I know that there's talk within the, the community, within these gatherings, and you've been to some of them, I think, of involving Wikipedia about how to make it more accessible. But I'm curious about the big obstacles you ran into. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was first making it in my tiny Paris apartment, um yeah i thought i would give up a couple times because like i was just running into these problems that were like um i just didn't know how to get over it pretty much like it's sometimes i would just stop for a for a little while uh just to like recenter myself or focus on something else and when i would come back to it i would like um i know what to do you know with fresh eyes pretty much and as an example is um Initially, when I was trying to map out the system, um, the simulation is computationally, it's very like hungry, I suppose. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a ton of RAM. Um, one of my first simulations took like, took like, um, 40 minutes to, to make itself. And then by the end of it, when you see the image, you might not be satisfied. So you have to try over and over and over again. Um, because I see a little map. I see this little 2D map that it creates and I have to imagine what will it look like when I bring in bring it into the 3D space, I guess. How will things be discernible? Can you like um, differentiate different clusters or is it just going to be like one mess where everything is compressed to each other? Um, so that was fairly difficult. Um, of course I bought some more RAM and like I, I did some tricks and I was able to do some, to like get past it. And perhaps another issue of course is when I was looking around for tools to actually show that much data. And I knew, like, I had a sort of like list of, um, requirements that I knew I had to have for it to become viral or to have the impact I wanted. What are the requirements? Um, so I knew it would be on the web, of course. I played around with making something, uh, with Java or like just a plain desktop application. But of course, you have to download something and you have to run it. And then like, it might not be as great as you think it is or, Oh, I was looking at stuff like Steam or like make it sort of video gamey, I suppose. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I knew that I wanted to put it online. And when I discovered a small library that enabled me to create small 3D worlds online, then I thought, this is perfect. Yeah. And you have a lot of other options, but all these options you have to put in plugins or you have to like, again, install stuff while this just works instantly. Yeah. And this sort of like, um, when you're trying to like sell an idea that like may be interesting, but people might not like, oh, I don't know what this is. It has to be there instantly on the spot. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, you, uh, people, what I, what I always imagine, I always imagine the worst user possible when I'm making something and someone who's like extremely perhaps short tempered or has no patience. And I'm like, oh, I have to please that person. And if that person is pleased, everyone else would be happy. So yeah. Of course, you can't go, you can't please everyone, but you but can do so, your best. Yeah, and indeed, when we look at the reaction, uh, yeah. not just from in the media, but but beyond the, the, the hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, the, this whole searching for the tools to actually 
show what I want to show to the world was like very difficult and time consuming. And I tried very, tried a lot of stuff. And when I found this little library, um, I thought it was great. Uh, the only issue was it's, um, it's a very basic library. You can sort of, um, so when you're making stuff in 3D, you just have, oh, you can create a scene, this empty space. You can have a camera and point it wherever you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, and oh, you can have basic geometries, like, oh, you know, spheres, cubes and stuff like that. Uh, but I had to re, to make everything pretty much. I had to handle all the interactions. I had to like, um, load in the map, um, handle everything. Uh, on the visual side, I suppose. Right. So everything was custom made and on this very like sort of low level base, I would say. Yes. And you, you mentioned something that I, so I'm learning as you speak. And right. you said that, um, since this project, you've actually gotten into much more complicated, uh, and larger mm -hmm. data sources. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that because I mean, this catch my, catches, my, catches my attention because, well, hundreds of thousands of articles. How many articles at this point from Wikipedia that you're using? Uh, 250,000. 250,000 yeah. is already impressive to mm -hmm. me. Uh, but now you're talking about projects that use more data. So let's, let's get into some of them. I, I know the ones from the past, um, and we should definitely mention them. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, the, the IP uh, map of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, that was... It was fairly um, simple to make, I suppose, but uh, it's just, it was more of a technical show off, I suppose, uh -huh. uh, because um, to map out uh, that much data, you have to like really push the processing to the limits, I suppose, find ways to like make things as fast as possible. And in this case, I want to show just how many data points you could put in a single website. And for example, this one has 650,000. And I learned a lot of lessons uh, with that that enabled me to um, grow the, Wiki the Wikipedia project, for example, from no, 50,000, 100,000, 250,000, like, yeah. Because uh, I was able to, thanks to like, oh, this project, I was able to learn a lot of stuff on how to handle that much data. And, and that project involves, uh, again, for people that, you know, are just visualizing it in their heads, uh, a globe, a map of the world. That's right. And tiny, I mean, how would you describe it? Points of light? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting is you don't even, you don't even see the globe. It's just little points. And each little point represents an IP address. And when you, when you're able to find like the location of that IP address, for example, I used, um, something called MaxMind. Uh, it's like this sort of database for that. And it gave me latitude and longitude data. And with that, you can easily map out anything. Mm -hmm. So I had this giant list of IPs. I had where they're located. So all I had to do was create this globe where I would just put every single point yeah. where they were. And what's interesting is it, it looked a lot like when you see Earth from space, like the dark side, when it's only light, when you only see like the light um, from the cities and you can see really dead empty zones and you can see like parts that are just like glowing. Yeah. And what's interesting is, which is similar to the other Harvard project, um, is when you see, for example, Asia, South Korea is an island. North Korea almost doesn't exist. Like it's it's not a peninsula anymore. It's an island when you just see it that way. An island of IP addresses. That's right. Yeah. Um, and for example, when you look at Egypt, you, you're able to see the Nile River, and you and it looks like a beautiful little flower, pretty much the Nile Delta, and that's where 
where people use the internet is where people live. And it's sort of a map of human activity. You mentioned the Harvard project, so let's let's explain it uh, to people a bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, so someone at Harvard found one of my projects, well, the Wikipedia project, and thought, "Oh, this could be very interesting for us." So, um, the work I did at Harvard, I was in the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, and it's, uh, which is uh, which teaches um, sort of like geopolitics, geopolitics, or like. Um, has become an ambassador or like a, uh, it's not American politics. It's more like worldwide politics. And within that, there's an economics research center, um, called the Center for International Development. And what they do is they use economics data to sort of, um, uh, build tools for researchers and for people who are just interested in it. And they created something called the Atlas of Economic Complexity. And I, it's just a way to search the sort of like whole database to see, oh, which countries export what products? How much do they export? Um, is there any inequalities or the whole goal of the research centers is how to promote equality among countries? And of course, trade is very important. And so I was given um, the data behind the Atlas and I was told, try to present it in a new way. Um, try to promote the work we're doing here and like to just show off this data and make something of it. The data is uh, information about trade. Uh... Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a giant list for every country, every product they export, and the amounts they export, pretty much. Yeah. And all these products are categorized, which is very interesting. I think we had uh, maybe 15,000 products, and each are like put into, oh, this is vegetables and produce, this is car parts, this is like machinery and electrical. And I was able to like color um, each of those exports by which um, area they're in. Mm -hmm. And as we were working on it, I was mentored by uh, someone who's uh, working there, a data visualization uh, engineer called Romain Vimo. And yeah, he, uh, he and I, we like sort of on the whiteboard sketched out how we would sort of pull this off. Um, I built the project, but the original idea, uh, sort of like the genesis of the idea came from like both of us pretty much mm -hmm. just, you know, talking to each other. And, and as the project came along, the sort of mission became how do you show the scale of the world economy? How do you show the variety of it? And how do you show the inequality of it as well? And again, similar to the IP project, um, I would map out these project, these products within countries and with the colors, with the amount of points, um, and just mapping it out on the entire earth. I would, um, you could easily see uh, which countries had very like diverse economies, which countries were like solely reliant on one type of product. Uh, you can see just how much the Netherlands is just like massive compared to many countries in Africa, for example. Mm -hmm. And just with one picture, you can tell a lot. Yeah. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. You got all this, this data that is like very rich and very interesting. And someone has to do it, I suppose. Someone has to present it in an interesting way so that people can actually try to find out, try to be curious. Um, I never really hold people's hands. I just say, here it is, have fun. Yeah. And you could be not curious and just like close the tab, or you could be very curious and spend hours on it pretty much. Yeah.
Well, Owen, it's, it's a pleasure uh, to get to sit down and talk with you in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I'll put links so that people can, first of all, that they can see the Wikiverse, if they haven't already, and but also they can see your other projects, uh, including I think you do a really good job with um, on YouTube, as a lot of people very easily go into YouTube uh, loops and, and see different things they didn't expect all the time. Well, Owen has a lot of his projects uh, visualized, but like an even in video form, mm-hmm. which I think is a nice way, a sort of trailer for your work. I think that there's something here about, besides visualizing information and, and, and seeing beauty, it's also learning about ourselves. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's when I'm, oh, I may, I may be making like these giant simulations and I may be saying, oh, 10 million, 12 million links. Like, what's the difference? But, uh, when you really get down to it, every single link was like a conscious decision by an editor. Mm. Someone decided to put that in. Um, hundreds of people after them decided to take it out or leave it in. Or like, it's just all these like little conscious decisions. And when you bring them all together, you can like see the sum of those decisions. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of human work behind it. And that's why, you know, also on my side, I say donate to Wikipedia and try to support however you can. Because, hmm. uh, yeah, it's just the largest res- repository of human information, publicly available human information, and it needs to be protected. Well said. All right. Well, Owen, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Owen Cornick makes giant data visualizations. And that about does it for today's program. I should mention that for both of our guests today, I'll put up links for both Mahmoud and for Owen, where you can see their work, uh, be it in visual or audiovisual format. Uh, also, if you've enjoyed this program, I would remind you to go to, for example, the iTunes uh, store where you see podcasts. Go to Source Code Berlin, leave us a review. Uh, little perhaps do you know, but that's how we get found. So that act that you can do just by leaving the stars and the quick why you like this program goes a long way so please do so also if you want to follow us on social media we're on facebook under our usual name source code berlin or on twitter at src code berlin and of course our website is the wonderful source code dot berlin Music on today's program was by David Seste, published under a CCBY license and available on the FMA Music Store. This program is published under a CCBY SA 4.0 license and edited by me. Until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Thanks for listening. Thank you.